Welcome to Within WordPress, your podcast for uh, basically uh, getting to know the WordPress community better. Um, and its community is comprised of a lot of people, a lot of fine folks. And with us today is Ian. Uh, welcome, Ian. And um, feel free to introduce yourself in any way you feel fitting. Right on. Well, thanks a lot for having me. My name is Ian. Uh, I am a web developer from Jacksonville, Florida. I've been working with WordPress for about 11 or so years now, and I spent the vast majority of that time working at agencies, everything from one uh, out of like a really big enterprise company to like really small local shops that kind of do everything or places that only specialize in development. And then like most recently at Tenno which is, you know, one of yep. the top WordPress consultancies around. I was very fortunate to be able to work there. I learned a lot of things, uh, a lot of really great folks, and they do a lot of really great open source work, uh, including some, some plugins that are, that are great go-tos for me. And they made a, a Winamp plugin. I mean, yeah, how yeah, cool is that, that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a chance to actually do a, a PR on that. It's a really simple thing, uh, you know, like fixing a, a jumpy thing on load like where the widget would just kind of like disappear and jump around on the page a little bit in some situations. It was very small, but it was really yeah. fun. Just, I loved a uh, milk drop in the day. So that was a big yeah. one. Those are, those are cool. Uh, so, yeah, no, um, I, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say the only other thing that I'm doing these days is uh, I work at a place where I like WordPress isn't my main focus, but we do do WordPress here. Um, and then I'm also making my course uh, for teaching WordPress theme development. Let's uh, learn to be yeah. That's been that's been a fun passion project, long time in the making for me. Yeah, so making uh, creating courses is a uh, is a uh, oh how how shall I put this? It's it's an art form to get it right. Um, I'm I'm working on my courses as well, and uh, I can at least say that uh, the first uh, version I created I I didn't like as I was uh, uh, then testing it, and the second version was a little bit better, uh, but the third version. It's, it's got to be the Lucky Charm uh, version. Uh, I don't know if that's something you 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 find uh, you recognize yourself in, but uh... oh, absolutely! You know, you were you were talking before we got started, even about that whole you know, being trying the perfectionism, right? Like I, yeah. I I have to have it be just so. I have this grand vision in my head, and I have absolutely struggled with that. I mean, of course, I'm also making content about theme development which in this current environment is changing a lot. Like the site editor Very just kind of, yeah. just got its name changed the other, the other month now, right? There's so many things that are constantly different. So it's like, I'm trying to not make too many upfront decisions and be flexible yeah. and agile. And I'm trying to make the resource that I wish I had, but I think the main thing, and I can't remember exactly who said it. I want to say it was like, it was like Adam Wathen or somebody who's somebody else who's made a lot of courses. I had read something for they said you want to try to make a course for your students not a course for you because you're not the one who's yeah. taking the thing and while your students might have some overlap of what your interests and needs were it's really about you know really meeting their needs really closely and so I've yeah. tried to you know gut check everything with that that is very sound advice and and it is accurate uh, but you know um, the perfectionism still kicks in um, I'll, I'll get there. So the uh, creating the first podcast was difficult. Creating the, my first video was difficult. And now, now it's, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm, uh, I'm not comfortable with it, but I'm okay with it. And, um, uh, I think that's how it grows. And I think it's also how you learn anything new, really. Um, you, you mentioned 10 up, um, uh, and some of their, um, open source, uh, stuff they have out. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of the uh, um, I forgot the name, but there's a there's a plugin. I think they even have a separate site for it. It's a it's about a, sort of a connecting to other sites, uh, sharing content and stuff. Yes, I know exactly the one you're talking about, and yeah, I'm yeah. trying to like see if I can find the name of. But yeah, it's like for doing content syndication, and we yeah, used to yeah. use that a lot to do pushes to like staging environments. Say yeah, uh, yeah. so like you know sort of sync things up and down in those cases i can't for the life of me remember what the thing is called i feel silly because i've used it so many times i think i've yeah and same here and I, I actually recently mentioned it in my newsletter so i'm kind of like why didn't i remember the name but uh tenup has built some some great stuff um i um i remember meeting jake uh 
this was to uh, uh, 2012, and um, that was very much in the early beginnings of Tenup. Um, but that was uh, for um, the the first uh, the inaugural uh, Workers Community Summit in uh, Tybee, Georgia. Oh, and that's where I met Jake, and then you know you you learn how others do it. Um, what what drew you to Tenup? What is that? Um, what is the thing you did? Uh, uh, you know that made you say, okay, this is this is where I want to be. Uh, other well, than hey, I I got I got a job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody likes uh, to be gainfully employed, you know, and yep. you know, of all that money is, of course, necessary to live and all that, right? But um, I think, honestly, it was the manager at the job I had before Tenup, at a small shop here called Boyova. He had for a long time, this is before I even knew who Tenup was. He's like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, these people, you know, they do so many great things and they have like these PHP best practices, which I still refer to all the time for doing yep. like WP query optimizations or certain PHP things. There's a couple of hills I will die on that I absolutely do not agree with, but part of those decisions are actually like WordPress core style things, like the use yep. of a long form array instead of just brackets. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like that's a real problem that anyone in the world we'll, has. We'll get rid of them someday, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, I just, I'd always known of them as these people that were respected experts in WordPress who really put an emphasis on, you know, like you were saying before, doing things the right way, or at least as much as reasonably possible and trying to do things like as close to native WordPress as possible. So instead of just doing things quickly, you know, it's like they say on the, on the site, finally crafting, right? The craftsmanship element of the work and being able to work with like household brands and names like that is, is always cool. Like when you're making websites, right? Like I get plenty of satisfaction from making a website from a butcher shop down the street. You know, if it's well done and it's helping somebody, then I'm doing a good thing. But it's mm -hmm. kind of cool to be able to say like, oh, I was able to do work on, you know, like a household brand that you might have heard of, which you may or may not be able to always talk about, you know, because of uh, work things. But like the California DMV was the site to work on for it. Things like oh, that or um, other stuff like that. So fun, you know, and yeah. it seemed like a challenge, a place where I'd be able to learn a lot and really be able to grow as a developer while still being able to do WordPress things. So that was kind of the, the thing that led me there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a, uh, it's, you know, the, a lot of, um, a lot of people working in the WordPress community as a whole have, uh, there's a few large companies, obviously, but I think the, the, the bulk of the people are, are comprised of small businesses. So you will, you'll have maybe five, six colleagues. That's it. Uh, a little bit larger and you'll have a team of 20 or, or, you know, something like that. But to actually have, uh, hundreds of colleagues is quite a different endeavor. Um, and I can see that being appealing in terms of being able to learn from others. Um, I, I remember uh, having my own agency, uh, what is it? Six years back. And at the time I was done with agencies, I was like, I'm okay. I need to, I want to quit. I want, I want to get out. Um, and then I, uh, I, I, um, I got the chance to work for Yoast. And at the time that was pretty much a hundred, about a hundred people, uh, just to be in an environment where there's a lot of people around you, where you can learn from, where you can, uh, have conversations about, and, you know, certain topics that, uh, normally just reside in your head because who's there to talk to. Right. Um, I, I can see that being a, a, a very interesting extra dynamic in, in terms of, uh, what a workplace brings other than the challenge and the, the type of project you can work on and stuff like that. Did you, did you have something similar like that in, in mind when you just said that? Yeah. Like I, I think that's a, that's a, it's a great point to bring up because when you have that huge team, that's full of, uh, it's full of specialists. It's not just a couple of generalists, maybe one or two specialists. So say yeah. you might have a dedicated, you'd have dedicated QA people. You'd have, say, a person who specializes in ad delivery or specializes in doing headless yeah. WordPress. And yeah. so there might be a, a degree of crossover, right, on some of these things where sometimes, you know, you have like an engineer who's setting up in a cloud front distribution, you know, as a one-off because they have to or circumstance, you know, whatever. But having the separation of concerns so that you have people who are doing certain things. And then you have people with such deep expertise that you can like, you're saying like, learn from these people and say, like, 
wow, I can talk to somebody who actually like contributes on complicated parts of WordPress core or like, you know, for me, a big one for that, who I want to give a shout out to, because he's a quality human being who I hope you can get on here sometime is Fabian Kagi, who works there. He is the yep. director of editorial experience now, which is a fancy way of saying all things Gutenberg and block development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is a straight up wizard and a very helpful guy. Like he actually helped me do my first Gutenberg contribution. So that's why I can say I've done a WordPress core contribution and it was an accessibility fix that I yeah. actually discovered in the process of doing my required onboarding training. So while I was okay. doing this, I was like, oh, hey, look at that. That URL input doesn't have like a accessible label and so on. And so I was able to talk to him and, and actually get through the, the perceivable red tape times for, you know, contributing to these things. And Man, yeah. that felt so hard. I don't know that I ever would have done that if not for him and working there and really feeling like I could do that. And, and the, you know, he even helped like make sure that I, you know, phrase things the right way or like, you know, so that I would get it visible to the right people, you know, without like some kind of nepotism thing. But the, it was just so helpful, man. It, it felt so <laughs> cool. And everybody there, I want to say this because I think this is really important. I was super blessed, if you will, to have nothing but helpful coworkers, like everybody there who had a problem and they could help you solve it. People would want to very nice, yeah. welcoming culture in that sense that is, as well. Yeah. Incredible. That, 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 those types of environments is exactly what I was referring to. That, that is just a warm bath. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it much. I'm, I'm, I'm back on my own now uh, in, in a different direction. Um, I, I don't do any type of work anymore, for instance, in my agency. I've, uh, I've picked my specialty, um, so that makes it okay for me now, but, um, the period working in a larger team, learning from other people about things you had no idea about that you could learn. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing. This is a so quick you, aside, by the way, yeah. sorry, I just had to mention this cause I noticed that you're, you're, it's called truer than North, right? Correct. That's amazing. My wife, she's a real, real estate transaction coordinator and her company name is true North transaction. Ah, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm a little bit above that. So it's truer than North. <laughs> um, I won't. It, no, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I'll defend the same point, uh, um, uh, to her, but, um, no, it's, um, uh, I, I live in the Northern part of the Netherlands. I, I am close to the Nordics. Um, uh, yeah. So it, 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 the, the name is actually from a song. Um, and, and it's more of a navigational thing, guidance, um, uh, helping out sort of, sort of fashion. And I like that, uh, component, uh, combined in the, in the name. So that's funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good aside. Cause uh, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you the, um, the courses on, on theme development. So at, uh, you already touched on it. So there's a lot of things changing. Um, we have a, uh, well, I think we're officially supposed to call it site editor now. Um, nobody does, but that is the official decree. Uh, a site editor theme is built quite differently um, versus a, a normal theme, or even the hybrid version of of those themes are already quite different with uh, theme.json. Um, what is your opinion on that? Because if you're making a course about it, you have to have an opinion about theme JSON. Oh, of course. No way to, no way, you know, no, can't afford to be neutral in a moving train, as, yeah. as they say, right? In this case, I think that there is a lot of value currently in both of those. There, that is to say, there are a lot of really good solutions out there that aren't block driven, that are still yeah. very valuable. So right? Or these hybrid kind of solutions, right? I generally would recommend doing that over, say, a block, like a non-block theme that just uses a page builder. I mean, there yeah. are folks that do that, but that's not the type of thing that I would be teaching in a course because I almost feel like to an extent, you need to know WordPress things in order to be able to build that stuff. But working with those tools is almost like a course of its own rather than just like, how are we using WordPress? Yeah, So I, I think like, as far as it goes, something like theme JSON does have a lot of potential to reduce the amount of static assets that get delivered to pages and streamline yep. and 
you know, basically make more consistent the visual and the front end pieces, which I, I do really like. I think that there are some ergonomic factors of it that are frustrating at times because, well, I mean, I think like, unless you know all those keys really well, like even if you have the schema included, so it like hints for you in VS code or whatever about yep. like what each of those keys are, it's just something about the structure has always felt a little weird. Like the way block spacing works, you start by saying yep. in the yep. settings, you just turn it on or not. And then in a completely separate place altogether, you say, this is what the block gap value values actually are, that kind of thing. So yep. I think that there's sort of an awkward, there's an awkward stage going on here where certain things feel a little weird. Um, I Overall though, I think the concept of having a sort of a set of those definitions is fantastic in for any other developers who may have used tailwind before say it's the exact same concept behind tailwind you yeah. have this json based or well it's js but it's json in the end it should be anyway like this configuration that has all these different styles these lego pieces which you then use those things like the developer in me loves that because it makes everything cohesive and those are values that can be consumed by blocks that you don't make yourself so like margin yep. and padding you don't have to do nearly as much nonsense to get other things to use your themes stuff. So that does feel valuable. Um, I suppose my biggest gripe of the whole thing, though, if I if I have one as far as theme JSON goes, is this kind of like this this whole attitude from their pro like from a product standpoint over there that like everything should just be intrinsically designed. Like where you have, you don't need a media query or a container query to do anything. We're just going to use like calc to make yeah. the size fluid based on the viewport. And I, I think that that's one of those things that does not work in all scenarios. Like there's plenty of times when like font size is a great example where that probably is good because then it's kind of relatively scaled. Sometimes yep. that's what you want. Sometimes not sure, but it just feels like. It feels like the wrong answer to me. I don't think media queries are the right answer either, though, because that is um, that's the solution from five years ago. Wait, as of last year now, container queries, though, those could those could have a lot more potential for that sort of thing. So like if this block displays at 500 pixels or wider, then do something or stuff like that. I'm not really sure how you could even reasonably do that inside an environment like this. So I don't want to pretend like it's an easy problem to solve. I actually asked Matt Mullenweg about this at WordCamp US 2017, six years ago. And the yeah, problem yeah. is still kind of being felt out even now. And it's not like nobody's tried. No, but it, it, I think a lot of people have tried very different uh, directions, which makes it hard to pick one. Um, yes, uh, because you have to pick one that's going to stay in 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 WordPress for a very very long time. Um, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. that is that's a, it's interesting you say that because I meant to sort of touch on this too. I think one of the biggest sort of friction points in the current Gutenberg paradigm versus before, um, yeah. and I want to say I think Johnny actually mentioned this on the podcast before. Johnny Harris, the very first one. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Where he would. I think it was him or somebody has said this before. We're like core, the attitude for core is like, we don't want to break anything. We want to let that sucker, like we want to change as little as possible, maintain compatibility forever if we can and all that. Gutenberg project has kind of the exact opposite attitude. It's a very divergent sort of way of thinking. So you have things that ship with like experiment, you have like stuff, core blocks that ship with experimental APIs, but the blocks not experimental. And all this kind of wacky sort of stuff that seems kind of counter to the way WordPress core works and the lack of like filterability of certain parts is also kind of yeah. a little weird, but I feel like these are all problems that could be solved in time. None of them are things that are insurmountable issues or things that people aren't, I think, at least thinking about, but they are problems. I think that that is the type of thing that makes completely going over to the or dark side for some of the more old school people. That makes that feel a lot more uh, challenging. So there, I, I think it's good to understand that there's already a difference between how Gutenberg as a plugin does it versus what we call the block editor, uh, because that's already a much more nope. mature version where the experiments are no longer actually part of the deployment. But uh, but I, I, I agree with you. There's, um, there's way more experimenting and and uh, trying out things 
inside Gutenberg. Um, and, and for those of us who, who grew up with WordPress being the stable uh, and fully backwards compatible tool, um, we have to have a different mindset now. You, you, you can't expect to backwards compatibility to go on forever and ever. Um, having said that, the, the, the choice that is still, I want to be as much backwards compatible as possible, still dictates that uh, we come up with a system that has been chewed on for so long. Um, I, I wanted to curse there, but I'll, I'll refrain myself. But that has been chewed on for so damn long that, it, it, you know, to the point of integrating it, there's already a newer and better version of it, right? So I think a, a great example is the theme JSON version one and version two. Like, are, are we already so mature that we're versioning? Like, what happened there? Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a new version as well uh, uh, in 6.3, 6.4, 6.5, whenever. Um, and it's still not, but it, I think my complaint is here, my gripe here is that it, it's still very much approached from the developed perspective. Um, having a theme JSON file where you cannot, where you don't have a tool to configure it first, for instance, I find limiting. Um, there are attempts to have a UI around it so you can do certain things, but it, it, the whole idea of, of it being, um, yeah. I know exactly what you're, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to understand so many layers of, of uh, the JSON and what's inside of it, how that's configured, how that relates to each other, how it doesn't relate to each other, the example you gave. Uh, and you will need to understand all of that first before you can start thinking of how do I implement my CSS, which you have to also make a decision on how you want your CSS, um, for then to look at how the theme works and how the, the blocks inside the theme work and the pay, you know, it, it, it is a lot to, over, to overcome to get really excited, in, in my opinion. Um, it's not to say I'm not excited, it's just I, I, I felt the, the hurdles I had to take uh, so I started building my first uh, full-site editing themes probably about seven, eight months ago. And before that, I just looked at it. I go like, yeah, that's not the way. Until until it was settled that I, that was the way. Okay. Damn it. I'll have to reposition. <laughs> position. <laughs> my decisions have been made for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I, I, think it's, I think it's almost strange. There wasn't some type of attempt to have like first-party way to generate those. Uh, one yep. thing I thought of, though, as you were saying this, I don't know if you've ever looked at this or not, uh, wpturbo.dev, they have a site where they have these generators for things, and one of them they have is actually a theme JSON generator. That's kind of cool. And they also have other stuff for doing, like, custom post types and whatnot, but it's kind of new. This stuff hasn't been around a while and no. certainly is not well-known or anything. Like, I, I literally had to look it up because I forgot what the name of it was. I had seen it, like, the other month or something, it's like having tools like that to sort of remove the friction of adoption, yeah. especially so, during these uncertain, like you said, these uncertain feeling times. I think that's, that's crucial to making people feel comfortable, feel like yeah. this is something like that I can, can, cause it's, this is kind of a risk, right? When you're working on client work to go with a new approach you haven't mm -hmm. spent time on, or to take time away from your job or client work to learn a different approach in the first place. So you have to, you're making a decision to lose out on these other things you can do this. So it's like people have to have a certain level of confidence in that, or else they have to have a very high tolerance for risk, or else they're going to say, well, that's not worth learning to me right yep. now. And I, and I think tools, something like a generator, things that help kind of bridge those gaps are essential for increasing adoption, that sort of thing. And like, for me, one of the big ones that I have recently done to that end is, um, I use a uh, 10 ups toolkit for doing all of my asset bundling and things now, because yep. it basically does all the things that WordPress scripts does, except it's a little bit more flexible. You can use it for a lot more things and you can do block development inside the theme which is my typical MO when I'm 
building—that's another thing that we can. That's perhaps a bit of a divisive subject. But in my estimation, and this is kind of what our attitude was at Ten Up Two: like if you're building blocks, custom blocks that only work with your theme, it doesn't really. There's no real point to having a separate plugin for them, and then having a separate build process all for that stuff instead of these two different things. And so again, everybody's got a different school of thought there, but. I found that it was nice to be able to have my theme assets and block stuff all once with hot reloading, everything mm-hmm. just kind of works out of the box. But like that, that's an example of there's a team of people that work on that. So when yeah. Gutenberg has updates and problems, you've got the folks at Pen Up and these other contributors that are working hard in advance even to make sure that those things work. That's one thing that takes away my, my risk. You know, I can update to the latest version. I can make tweaks. I'm back in business. I don't have to deal with as many of those responses and risks. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you say we've reached the the phase where um, everybody should start to feel comfortable with developing um, uh, side editor themes, or or are we still waiting for more stability? More me more stability? and it, I think that the answer to this somewhat depends a little, right? And like all like all things, right? Pets. It should, yeah, it should yeah. be like a, a trademark symbol appearing for that, right? Or something. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, like, Very I would t-shirts. say, exactly. I would, we should, we should do that seriously. I'll talk about that later. Um, I think <laughs> that the, uh, I think that for most types of like small business, less mission critical application, it's probably reasonable to say you could be doing this with a site editor theme. And you might be able to get more performance as a result, especially on a less capable post, because you have like, the way that that content gets generated. It's able to be pretty optimized. It's able to, you know, we, we were, I, Johnny, I believe Harris was also talking about this too, like those improvements on the, um, on the load times, things yep. like that, block themes. And it's like, in those cases, yes, sure. However, like, for something that does a lot of really complex stuff with data, like we're borderline web application territory, any sort of really yep. heavy hitting query stuff that isn't purely presentational, like, you know, do this query loop to display these posts with some meta, or maybe it's a tax query to go with, like not that kind of thing necessarily. I'm talking about much more involved stuff. That I, I'm not sure that it would make sense to completely go all in on site editing in those cases, just because you have to use all your templates as HTML. There's no interop between yeah. that really that I've been able to get working in a standard way in these site editor themes where it can. It's supposed to be able to fall back there, but it doesn't ever seem to work that way in practice, especially with these recent updates. And it's like, is there really a whole lot of value in doing that at all anyway? Like if you're going to use PHP templates at all, you might as well just do it in a hybrid theme setup, which is designed to do that where you can yeah. then still do block things. You can still use blocks in PHP even. So it's not even like, you know, you can get some of the way there and have a very similar experience. But I, d- I wouldn't say that it's a, by default the right fit for everybody just yet. Like things have been changing so rapidly and, and, they're, and they're a lot more mature now right? with the yeah. way that you can do styles and, and all these other different options. Uh, some stuff I'm a little, is a little questionable, right? Like that whole like editing uh, going from page content to template content thing that's recently yeah. been discussed. I that that yeah. I I'm not sure I quite like because that feels confusing. But I wouldn't. I I, I, I would say that feels you have like to Drupal think to me. Sorry, that that feels like Drupal to me. Uh, that's the thing that that uh, put me off when I first. Uh, not first, but uh, client had a Drupal site wanted wanted me to help him without. Uh, with that as well, and I was like, mm, okay, fine. And then the the, the non separation of um, content and 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 the presentation layer, I found super confusing. I want to know where I'm at at all times, and I want to be that have to be. I want that to be super clear. And uh, I didn't like it the way Drupal did it. And um, I think it was Brian Gardner who shared that recently on Twitter. Um, that the new version of Gutenberg will have. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, I think I share your concern here. I don't particularly enjoy that becoming closer to each other. Um, I, I think it makes sense in in the terms of 
having uh, full control over. But I'm at, at this point, I'm not sure everybody should have full control. That's an important point too. And you know, they've in the block editor, they've added some of those features where you can like do like block blocking and things. So it's like you can yeah. only edit certain parts and and things like that. But I think that it's almost I think that anytime you're building anything for the web, it's dangerous to assume any sort of one size fits all attitude at all of any kind, of any subject. And a big one there is this sort of like everybody needs the ability to edit the entire site. I think that Maybe the attitude, if I had to guess, that the attitude from you know, the WordPress team is more like, well, maybe everybody doesn't, but now you're doing everything the same way. So you're not like you know, developing these content blocks and the theme blocks separately and everything's using the same stuff. And I don't know, I think there's a, de there's a degree of sense, sense to that, like having a, the same set of Legos, if you will, to build in these different contexts. Like you were saying, having the clean separation between this is my content and this is the thing that renders yeah. the content. I think that's, that's important, you know? And yeah, that's, that's, that's something I sort of struggle with. Like it's, it's almost kind of weird in a way to me that it makes sense architecturally, I guess, but like those new site editor templates, those are all post types too. Yep. Which is, which is weird because it's like technically they're a content type, but they're actually like not type content really, but are they yep. see? And this is where it starts. This is where the lines of this all start to get a little weird. And so I could understand the, the reticence for anybody, you know, in that scenario. I think the answer there, though, is, is like, I think trying, like getting your feet wet with it and seeing what it's about and like learn and starting to learn that stuff now is good. Should you say every client needs to be using a site editor theme? No, I think that needs to be a considered decision. Yep. Uh, at 10 Up, when I was working there, they actually had a policy of that like, it wasn't deemed stable enough for enterprise use. So they're just not going to use it at all as a result yeah. because they want to use stuff that's stable for enterprise all the way down. So yeah. consistently. And that makes sense. That makes sense. I get that too. That may have changed, but I'm pretty sure it's still. I have, I, so I, I, there's a few sites uh, for clients that I've, I've turned into full site editing um, versions just so I could have a way to learn and play. And that works better for me if it's a real site, right? So. Just fiddling Absolutely. around, fiddling around. But if I have an example, and, and I didn't charge him for it, right? So they already had the theme up and ready. Uh, I just switched it around for a full site editing theme just to see what the experience was like and all that. So, um, and with that knowledge, I'm, I'm looking at a, um, uh, one of my larger clients that has a super complex site on Genesis. Um, and what I like about Genesis is that it, I, it's the theme framework I've, I've worked for um, for over a decade. Um, what I like about it, it's it's very granular, right? So I can be very specific where I hook into what and what do I delete and and whatnot on whatever view. And I'm 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 sort of eyeballing that theme and then looking at a uh, for instance the, the uh, I really like the um, the two themes that uh, recently were released, which is uh, Frost by uh, Brian Gardner slash WP Engine and Ollie uh, by um, by Mike McAllister. So both yes. themes are, are good examples of how a full theme uh, in, in the full site editing uh, um, world should look like. And if you then sort of go like, okay, so I solved this component here. I solved that. Okay, so wait, I can't do that yet. So how would I solve that? All right. I would then need to create a separate block for that where I have the flexibility that I have now as a function. So it's, it's sort of retraining your head like a block is something uh, presentational, but it's not. Right, it can be it can be completely hidden, but the block is there. So ads, for instance, ads are generated based on the tags on in that theme. So the tags feed uh, a little bit of JavaScript, which then interacts with a little bit of PHP, which does or does not display an ad, and depending on a, a few other scenarios. So there's a whole trigger of things, and and you know doing that in PHP is pretty straightforward. Now I have to think about, oh, no, it's a block. Okay, so I start out with creating a block. So what do I separate where? Does it make sense to have the JavaScript in the block or do I still want it? You know, all of these little things that I never had to think about because it was very clear how to do that. Um, uh, you can have CSS per blocks. So wait, I, oh, no, I don't have to uh, include that in the style.css. I can do that in the block. 
but then I need to have the block only render that CSS when that block is in used on that page. So it's it's a whole different sequence of things uh, things to think about. And I'm I'm using that theme just every now and then. I, I look go uh, so I I literally did this uh, uh, last week, like looking at it like hmm. So what do I do here? What do I do with that? And could I do this? And could you know just just go through the things that make it easier for me to make the decision like when when the client says i'm i'm ready um because this is this one i'm not going to do for free um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when the client says we're ready for a new version of our theme so they have been iterating um, over the last uh, 18 years so the next version is going to be an iteration as well so um will i then say yes let's do a block theme i don't know yet uh, but i might in in a year um maybe six five I'm, I'm guessing six five is the probably the mature version from what i can see happening now um but it's a uh, like a reasonable estimate yeah we'll end up with six three by the end of this year so then six four is early next year and six five is end of next year is my guess no it's about 18 months i guess yeah i, I think I, I hope i'm right yeah, I know what you mean. And, you know, I, I think as time goes on, we're going to have more and more folks who sort of encounter these edges and start to come up yep. with these patterns, you know, sort of like, hey, this is what we typically do in this situation. And and that'll help start to smooth things out too, especially, you know, for getting back into things. Like one thing, um, and then of course, there's always just the potential that updates make things better. Uh, one that I thought of in that case, when you were talking about this is like that whole problem of, I have this block specific style sheet or JS that I want to deliver. And up until not too long ago, it was kind of a, was not exactly simple to do that really, right? Like there was some nuance to that. And now with like that block JSON thing where you can say like the script or the style handle or throw a file URL in there and it literally only yep. loads it one time when it comes on the page. I love stuff. And I want to see more and more of those types of like day-to-day -day useful things coming to into play yep. as a quick aside by the way i just wanted to shout out there again to fabian and um ruba on uh twitter we for telling me about this or reminding me that it existed the html tag processor thing that recently yeah. got added is freaking awesome it like, is stuff like that is so cool man like i i need more of that sort of magic in my life Fuck and the, i think the we're getting there things. Yeah, I think we're I think we're getting it. That's a great example of something that's being added that nobody saw coming, and then oh, okay, there's a tag, okay, whatever, and then somebody does a wonderful example of uh, what you can do with it, what it looks like, and breaks it down. Uh, I think it was Aruba and Ryan um, have together. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I love their content. Fantastic. Brian yeah. is also the goat because he did something that I've meant to do for a long time, which was he made, he implemented the. WP get attachment image in uh, in huh, React yeah. for, for Gutenberg, which to me is one of my favorite WordPress methods, like functions ever, right? Like just like the, Why? how I, I think mainly just because it does so much stuff and it kind of works exactly the way I'd expect it to. And mm. it's just super freaking handy. Like I love that I can use my image. All I need is an ID. I don't have to construct any markup. I get my source set. I get my sizes. I get my loading. I can pass yeah. any custom attribute I want. I can get any yeah. size that I want, either on demand or an intermediate registered size. And it automatically doesn't freaking echo anything. I don't have to yeah. do any nonsense, man. It just works. I love it. I'm super. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's, um, it, it's, it solves a lot of headaches that you would normally have to program in. Um, yeah. And it's already been taken care of in, inside of core. And, I think it's a great example of uh, of where I see the future of WordPress going, right? Uh, taking the logic away from uh, the things that really don't need logic, because if, if if this particular example, if you need to need to get a very specific um, uh, attachment, um, think of all the stuff that you do you have to do first inside that function before you can actually say, and now echo that thing. Now now give me the URL of it. Oh, sure. There's like. What is it? Four or five lines of of variables, and then from variable to the next function to the next function, and then at the end you can say yes, and now give me this one and this specific thumbnail or 
large or whatever. It doesn't make a lot of sense to build like that. Um, we've come to accept that that's the way it is. But yeah, I think that's a great example um, of, of taking away the headaches that are just not supposed to be there. Um, so what are, what, is, what are some of the challenges you see here? Because um, a lot of it is going in the right direction. Are there parts of, of this, this whole block um, venture that you go like, ooh, I don't know about that part. This is frightening or I don't like it. It doesn't gel with me. I think probably the, I think if I could set one aspect of Gutenberg on fire, it would be the static blocks. Static blocks should not, I, I hate that. I hate that so much. Um, to be clear for anyone who doesn't know what that refers to with Gutenberg blocks, if you have a dynamic block, there's this HTML comment and it gets kind of dynamically rendered as the page renders. So it's not yep. storing the final rendered result of that thing somewhere. Like if you have page caching, you know, it's cached there. It's not a database that way. A static block though gets actually stored as the rendered final resulting markup. So like you say have a block that is a static block. And then you need to change a default class that gets added to that thing. Like say there's uh, some custom class that's being added and needs to get taken away. You take that yeah. thing away and now you have to do a block migration for every single one of those blocks. They're all going to invalidate because they don't match up to what was expected from the static generation. It's just, yeah. it's a whole thing. I tweeted about this the other day and every single person was just like, yep. I don't think there's a single person out there going, oh yeah, static blocks, bro, for sure. Like, even at Tenno, we never built any of that. You know, hard no. policy, and we never build them static for that exact reason. Just way it doesn't scale. to change, it and it doesn't scale as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably that's probably one of my biggest. I, I think that that is not obvious to anyone until you've say read somebody's very well written opinion about the subject and can really like. Mm -hmm. Because like for me, like before I'd really worked at 10 up and started getting heavily into this stuff, I didn't even know that was a problem I'd have to worry about. It just didn't yeah. even occur to me to think that that would be a potential issue. So that's, that's a big one for me. I think also, and I don't know, I mean, I'm a big fan of rendering the actual editor, like the edit, like the editor experience stuff like in, or not, not that, sorry, the, uh, like the final block output in PHP. Some people yeah. don't like doing that. Some people do. At Ten Up, that's another thing that we were doing as a standard pattern, just you know, so that way your final was. It feels a little bit more like working with WordPress templates. You're still doing PHP things in a block. You still have a PHP file. So having have knowing that that's an option, I think is huge. Because I, when I got started, I didn't even know you could do that. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it mm -hmm. has to. Everything has to be in JavaScript. This is nonsense, you know. So many, so many folks, I think, get the impression that everything that they were good at and thought was good in the world is going to die now as a part of using the block editor. And they, as a organization, need to go away from that. I actually told Rich this, Rich Tabor, the other day. I mentioned this in a, in a thread because this subject came up. I was like, I just think that a lot of people looked at this and how unpolished it was and how, like, like you were saying, like some of these things don't seem like they were super thought out or like, How's this? This is totally going to change later, right? And then it's immediately turns them off from wanting to invest the time, and it makes that risk go straight. I up, think the you know? uh, the ultimate example of this is the launch of Gutenberg, because that has that has turned off so many people on on using the block editor, um, and I think still we're hurt. I, I I I honestly think we're still hurting uh, over that one. Like the turning off the classic editor, like deprecate officially, you mean? Right? No, no, but the, the, the very first version. Oh, yeah. 5.0, what was in there, what it did, what it looked like, um, the, all the nonsensical stuff in it. It just made it so much easier for people to hate. Uh, and you know as well as I do that um, developers love creating code that changes stuff, but they don't like change in and of itself. Um, so, if and when they have an opportunity to complain and bitch and moan, they will. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. Absolutely. Um, when you introduce something that is as radical as a new editor, um, you're going to, you, it is inevitable to have a lot of resistance. So um, unless you, you make sure that um, that resistance is minimized by lowering the bar in terms of how to work with it, uh, how to get it up, and the quality that it brings, and all that. 
but none of that was met, um, which is why we have classic press. Why we have uh, what is it? One of the most popular uh, plugins in the WordPress plugin uh, directory is the turn back on the classic editor, like um, which is you know it's it's it, I'm sure if you've looked at um, the stats for um, um, Elementor Beaver Builder. Uh, during that period, during the release of 5.0, I'm sure they've seen an influx of users going like, okay, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm moving over there. Uh, time for me to ignore whatever this piece uh, inside of WordPress is becoming. Um, I think we're only now seeing, and what is it, five years almost? Um, or six? I, I lost track. The yeah, something like that. Six. Years. Six years. Yeah. Like I said, that wrong earlier. That is a long period, but I think we're only now finally seeing it becoming so mature that people are like, maybe I should check it out one more time. Right. I, I think that's a that's a huge point. You know, when you have stuff like uh create block or um like the ten up toolkit or the or mm. even 10 ups like Gutenberg resources or like the full site editing.com thing from Carolina, which is awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Resource Shout everybody. out. Absolutely yeah. love that. Oh my God. So good. Knocked it out of the park there. <laughs> like those things didn't exist when this stuff came out. Right. And so like, I was thinking like what you were talking about, about how like you see that 1.0 experience have not a lot of documentation, completely different way of doing it. And now there's an, Again, going back to what you were saying before, now there's like 10,000 more things that I have to think about that were not problems that I had before. Like I came from a background of doing a lot of ACF development. So you have like yep. flexible layouts and sections, right? You make a post group attached it to a content type. It was kind of straightforward to do, like to just spin up something new like that. It was very easy to be very quick and productive. You want to get that onto the page. You know, maybe there's a bit of nuances if you're doing like uh, flex sections, you know, with like the rows with like children and stuff, but like yep. that's kind of it. And to compare the experience of developing block like components in ACF, say, not actual blocks, but like classic style, and then compare that to say Gutenberg development, there's just so many more things you have to know and understand. You have to have Webpack and, you know, be thinking maybe about like those WordPress, like dependency injection things that they do for the at WordPress packages, can, all that kind of thing. My favorite version of creating blocks is ACF. That's what so a lot of people say. It is yeah. just so easy. You register the, the thing, you you provide the files and there is the PHP file, there's the template file, and it's it's working like any other template part you would have previously built in, in WordPress. It's very straightforward and I don't have to think about that layer in between. And I've I've measured the 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 performance impact is close to nil. So there's zero sense for me to fully deep dive into JavaScript. Uh, just because that is originally the way I should make it. No, I'm I'm more than happy to use a framework for that that solves that headache for me. Um, and you know, this is not about me not wanting to learn JavaScript. It's more about um, the less energy I have to put into doing something that is quite mundane, registering a block, the happier I am. Simple as that. Oh yeah, brother. And I mean, you're talking about these things even using. Uh, I believe that supports uh, block JSON too and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's core functionality. So, you know, I, I haven't done nearly as much with this. And I, I admit though, that I'm kind of sad that it's a pro only feature because as a result, that makes me say, like, if it was a free plugin, anyone could just use, I might go, maybe that'd be cool to do like a little bonus section in my course. Wow. Like, here's another way you could do this. using. This I plugin. still think it makes sense but, to do that. I but I might, I might in the future, in other words, after I do these other things. I, I don't want to prioritize it if it's for a plugin that people would have to pay for, but it's so worth the money. And I paid for it forever ago, so I don't have to pay for it ever again. Yeah. Lifetime, right? But like, I, I love the declarative nature of ACF. I feel yeah. like in a way, the way that ACF does stuff, like especially with Metafield registration, it's kind of how it should just work. Like, that might be a bit of a hot take to some people, but... I think the idea no, of having I, to do I, manual post-registration, post-meta-registration by hand. 
Year yep. of Our Lord 2023 is No, I'm shocking. not doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that, <laughs> right? Exactly. Ain't nobody got time for that. So the that, that is the same thing. So um, the only, um, um, for those of you listening, think, hey, maybe I want to do that too. The only thing I want to add there that uh, whether that is uh, registering custom meta boxes or whatever, or registering a theme, uh, sorry, um, uh, a blocks for the theme or registering custom post types, because you can do that now as well. Do export it to PHP code. Don't let ACF run that on the fly in the database because that is slower. You know, just be smart about it, but have it, you know, use it to generate it and then put it in a PHP file fully, declare it there and you're, you know, you're, you're ACES. That's, that's the smart way to do. Um, but yeah, it, 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 you know, for me, it, boils, it all boils down to what tool do you use to minimize my having, me having to think about stuff. And if there's a tool that does it, I'm happy to use it. So the, uh, a little, little sidestep here. When, 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 when looking at Git, that is a perfect example. I love Git. I've been using Git oh, for, for over a decade, long before it was hip. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with having to do it on the command line. I, I, I know how to do it. But as soon as they're, um, especially because I use Git flow inside of Git, uh, and source tree by Atlassian uh, is an example of a tool that solves it perfectly in the UI. I know there's more, excuse me, there's more tools that, that do it very well, but having the, the Git flow version of Git inside of a, a UI that just, it, it's, it's, bare base, you know, there's not, it's not beautiful. It just works really well. Um, and I'll, 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 as soon as that came out, I'm like, I'm done with the command line for this. I'm using the source tree now. It just makes sense. It, it, I don't have to think about how to rebase when I'm closing a feature branch. It's, it's simple. Uh, if I need to do a hot fix, I just click on the little button that says, create me a hot fix. And it does all the merging back to, uh, to develop and math. I don't need to think about it. And that's exactly my goal. I don't want to think about stuff that is too mundane. That is, I, I shouldn't be forced to think about stuff like that. And, and, you know, that's what I like about the current state of the, the, the site uh, editor themes, such as, again, uh, Frost, uh, um, Ollie, Ollie WP. What is the full name? Ollie or Ollie WP? I, I, think, I think it's Ollie. I think you got it right. Yeah. So they, they take the thinking away from me. And, you know, um, it, it's as simple as that. If, uh, I think um, a ton of value. Yeah. A ton of value. I, I, I also want to, I want you to know that this is a safe space. We're both public. <laughs> I also do not use Git on the CLI. I mean, sure, I've done software stuff for forever. I've used this stuff for, I use Tower, Tower, for the yeah. exact same yeah. type of reasons you're talking about. What in what other universe can I literally do Command Z to undo the commit and re-add a file that I forgot to add to it? I can't do that in a terminal. So unless I just am concerned about looking smart to somebody or looking like a hacker real quick, let me just do this git push. I can just do that with a keystroke. And it's it's like, why would you spend valuable time typing out a command that you could just do in a key press? Like I you know, it's the same thing like um image optimization. Like having yep. that done as a service when you upload, like with Imagify or something. So it like yep. does it for me. I don't have to like throw it into a compressor and then resize it and then bring it up here. Like, like nobody's got time for these things. Like this is all stuff that is like people, people should be paying me more so for my ability to implement a solution well, not just competing doing like the same work over and over again by hand that I just don't need to do. It's like minifying your assets. We have robots to do yep. that. Pipeline to do that. Yeah, please don't These make me think very well. It, it, it just, yeah. I, I, I will say this. There's, there's one huge exception where I, I will always say I prefer that over the, the default WordPress way, and that is WPCLI. I am absolutely in love with WPCLI, especially when you combine it with Bash. Like, most most folks don't know this, and this is this is my first course that I will release. Is essentially not only just making you understand what WPCLI is, other than uh, you know go to the site and learn, because uh, for most people that doesn't work. Um, but to actually uh, have scenarios where it makes sense to use WPCLI, and then cherry on top, 
here's how you you write scripts and it's not difficult it's very uh, using variables or whatever uh, and you can do awesome stuff with it i have a i have um one of the things that i will release alongside the course is a bunch of scripts that are that i actually use that is uh, from installing a WordPress site that does everything, like everything, not just installing, but setting the right email address, setting the right users, the theme, downloading the plugins that I need, uh, hardening this, you know, the, the whole array of stuff that you need to do otherwise manually. And I just use one little command and I just enter and it does everything for me, you know, things like that. Or um, vulnerability checks. It's not hard, but if you, you know, you can make it complex, but it's very simple. You, uh, you, you write it out in a script and there's a lot of stuff you can do, um, hash calculations and stuff like that. And force downloads. If you are hacked, there's a version of that as well. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff on, um, I normally go like, you know, if, if I can do it smarter, yes, please, um, give me a UI. WPCLI is, is the only exception. Um, I just love using that one. It's just, um, so. It, it, there's a reason why I chose that one um, for my first course, because it's the one that actually sparks joy. Oh, oh, totally. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, it's almost like having, having superpowers of, of a sort. It yeah. feels like you can scout I, I call content. It magic. I call it the, that's the real magic with WordPress is WPCLI. For me, that is, that is what it is. Yeah. I, I, that's, that, I'd say that that's one of those things that when I, when I can use it to really get something done, that's where I just go. Yeah, like that, that satisfying feeling. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. I think that's, you, I was going to say, quick, I, I one thing that's not the same bug that I did, uh, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, man. And you know, um, WPCLI is actually kind of handy when you're doing block development too. Like if you're trying to track down which pages have a particular block, you know, yeah. you can use yeah. like the post search or things like a post list with the search flag, which I didn't really know about until not too long ago, maybe a year and change or something. And, and it's, it's killer. So you can do so much and you can get just the IDs and, you know, it's like, it's like you were saying, you combine that with the power of scripting you can get pretty far and you can even yep. take somebody else's stuff that they've written and shared somewhere and maybe lightly tweak it this way and that, and, and yeah. you get some pretty sweet functionality that you might normally feel like, well, I have to pay a service or like get some crazy hosting thing or whatever to do this. And but even, you don't. even on basic hosts, you can find WP supply. Yes. It's the best. It's the best. Uh, Download I, I, this podcast brought to you by WPCLI. And Download today. Uh, you really should. You should find a host that has it installed. Absolutely. But for in local fact, development. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, in, in fact, you should, you should find yourself a host that has it installed by default, but also allows you to add libraries easily. So most just make it available and lock you down to whatever version or whatever library of collection of, of, uh, WPCLI scripts that you have. But, um, if, if you have the right type of host, um, you can install whatever extra library and make it even more complete. So WP profile, for instance, is a good one, uh, to use, um, which is not by default installed by, uh, for, by most, but it's, it's a wonderful extra library, same as WP doctor. It's, you know, don't leave home without it. It's just what I'm saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and it's nice I'd when like, you work with like a man shows too, and, yeah. you know, help you with that. No. Exactly. I'd like to be the, um, now that I think about it, I'd, I'd like to, let's, uh, let's see what happens. So, um, six, five, um, let's see, we're at the stage then where we get as, as enthusiastic about block themes and everything that comes with it as we are, as we just did over WBCLI. How about that? Yeah, I, I think, I think that's definitely the case. And I'm, I'm really thrilled with the promise of what that all brings, right? Like, I like the idea of being able to say, this is a visually editable theme that's made mm -hmm. in the same way as a non-visually editable theme that's made in the same way as these parts that are the building blocks of your content. I, I do think there's, there's a lot of potential value there. And once they get into that multiplayer collaboration stuff that they're going to be adding in this phase and working yeah, yeah. on the UX and the docs, which is something that Rich also, Rich Tabor, who's like the head of product, yep. I think, on 
he was saying that that's like a big thing they're actively working on delivered to the browser. So I think that I'm pretty bullish on the block editor as a feature in general. I feel like there's so many smart people and such a passionate community surrounding this that there's no way it won't eventually be good. So yeah, like, I love what you were saying about making those inroads, right? Where you can, you have a client project and you're like, you know, wouldn't be a huge risk to do this and i could learn while i'm at it and you know this and this is mm -hmm. going to be mutually beneficial for everybody so why not and then that's how you can start to really get your feet those things like your acf blocks or kind of toolkits of the world to help yep. simplify and take away those abstractions i think there's a lot of ways that people can can get that sort of up and you know as as these things start to mature hey who knows i mean i think the future is bright for it all pretty excited to see where it all goes same Absolutely same. Um, and on that bombshell, uh, I'd like to thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast. It's been uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, talking geek over um, block themes and NWP CLI. We, we threw that one in as well. Uh, thanks, Ian. Thanks so much for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. It's been a fun conversation. I'm looking forward to, uh, forward to looking up a few more of these things. Thanks.